Hey, this is Mike Zwick from If Not For God podcast. Our show, Stories of Hopelessness Turned Into Hope. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. She's real fine, my 409. She's real fine, my 409, my 409. Welcome to the Christian Car Guy Radio Show with today's guest host, our Christian body shop guy, Jerry Mathis. I say this calls for action, and now. Gonna save all my money. Good morning and welcome to Christian Car Guy Radio. This morning uh, we're live from the Man Up Conference in Fort Mill, South Carolina at the location of Morningstar Ministries. We're on their campus and as I'm speaking this morning as we're doing the show, Robbie is in the room across from me, the conference room, and uh, sharing God's word and I know it's going to be, I know they're certainly being blessed by, by Robbie this morning. This morning's going to be a little different. We're going to have different guests coming on and rotating in, and uh, some of mine I may not even know, and be the first time I get to uh, hear their story and what God is doing in their life. But one thing I want to just say, because I'm going to kind of roll back to this a little bit, one of the um, focal points of this Man Up Conference, and which really intrigues me, is just fatherhood. And I've been just really impressed by seeing so many men here with their kids, with, with their sons, and seeing a couple of daughters here. You know, that's something that I think in society we have been, been missing. Men have not been stepping up and being godly fathers. So we're going to kind of hit on that in a little bit. But right now, I have Matt Enos with me. And he has got a pretty awesome testimony and, and what God has been doing, especially got it all started during a time that everything else was shutting down. Matt, what's your story? Tell oh, well. Jerry, it's, it's a pleasure to be here, and, and you're correct. The Man Up Conference is just, I can't say enough positive about it. Um, my story is real simple. Uh, my wife and I, we've been married 29 years, and we have four bo- or three boys and a girl. <clears throat> Excuse me. We, um, we have always believed. We've always loved God. We've, always, we've, we've chased him just trying to find the right place. And we always kind of came up somewhere where we just didn't fit and we always knew there was more i got baptized and and i just knew there was more it was more than just hey you're baptized now go sit in the pew and we'll see you next sunday and when covid happened it was really it it sent everybody home we we essentially put ourselves into some sort of a i don't know house arrest and churches shut down and you know it's like covid chased everybody So when that happened, we said, well, you know what? We're just going to get on Zoom and we're going to pray. So one night we got on Zoom and we we just said, hey, we're going to pray. We let somebody know. And then somebody else got on. And every night at 8, we would get on. And it turned into more of a family gathering. So for 100, I want to say 123 days, we met. 
every night at eight o'clock. And sometimes we just start praying and we get scripture out and we'd read and people would give testimonies. And we went from three to four to five up to 30, 40 people at a time. And it varied and it wasn't 40 every night. We had a consistent group of about 20 and people would pop on and pop off. And we'd start at eight and sometimes we'd finish at nine. Sometimes we'd finish at 1130. And time just seemed to go by so fast. And after, after three, four months, people were saying, hey, we need to get together. You know, we're all kind of local. Um, we had people from Tennessee. I live in Kentucky. We had people from Tennessee, Ohio, Iowa, Indiana. Um, we, we'd have people from Germany hop on. It was, it was really, it was just God moving. And so we, we said, okay, let's meet. And we all met. Everybody that I said, come to the house. Well, what about COVID? I said, Listen, if you got the Alpha and the Omega, you don't have to worry about the Delta and the Omni. So come on over. Um, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. We're not wearing one. And people showed up. And it was really a neat opportunity to see the people we'd seen online for so so long. And we everybody came together and we're like, oh, you're really that short. And <laughs> you're really that tall. And, and it, it just was good. And then we just started meeting on a regular basis. And it was amazing to see because, again, we had, we had been searching. And it's, it's truly a testament. If you chase God, he's there. If you sit around waiting for God to come to you, he'll show up. But you're not going to get the same out of it. Because anything worth having is worth for, working for, worth fighting for, worth chasing. And I often saw myself running as hard as I could to find him. And in doing that, he was running as hard as he could to find me. Because every step I take, he took. And so we continued to meet. And three years ago on Pentecost, it was Pentecost week, uh, I'm sitting in, in our war room and I'm praying and I hear God say, Matt, you need to gather this weekend for church. And I'm like, yeah, no, God, that's not me. And, you know, I kind of prayed into it and kind of thought it, well, maybe that wasn't God. You know, I'm sitting here saying, no, God's not talking to me right now. And he said, on the following day, he said, Matt, really, I want you to meet for church. And I said, you know, I'm not a pastor. I don't, I don't need that. That's not what I'm after. God, I just want to have a relationship with you. And so he, you know, I'm, I'm again, not listening to God. And that never works out well for you. <laughs> and so he, um, on Thursday, he talked to my wife. And on Saturday, we met. And we've been meeting ever since. And it's, it's, fun, it's fun to see because our, our, our story really was, um, I'm a CrossFit athlete. My wife was CrossFitting. And we were doing very well in it. And she blew her shoulder completely out. And we, I'm retired military, so we were in the military system, and it took them 16 weeks to see my wife. And if anybody's ever had a shoulder injury, it is not a pleasant thing. You can't lay flat. You can't, you know, you see the guys with the pillows and the ball and the slings, and that's a real thing. And we ended up getting her a recliner so she could sleep. Well, we heard down at one of the local churches there was healing prayer. And I looked at her, and she looked at me, and she said, nothing has worked let's go. And we went and we stood and she stood in front of this lady who prayed, you are healed in Jesus name. Raise your arm. Kim said, I can't. She said, try. And as I'm standing here, she lifted her arm over her head. Wow. And now she'd had an MRI with contrast and she'd had all of these things. Um, so they knew what was wrong. She'd ripped her bicep. Her supraspinatus, her interspinatus, they were all torn extensively, 95%. And um, and I do want to say it wasn't CrossFit. It was a military injury. She was a Marine. Well, and thank you for both of you for your service. That's, we do not say that enough. Well, thank you. Yeah.
and she uh, she could lift her head over her arm. She could do her hair again. She could cook. She could help around the house. And we again, we had three boys. They were young at at the time, and it was it was a miracle what happened. So she, after ten days, the the pain started coming back, and she thought she'd lost her healing. But what we what we need to understand is once God's healed you, you're healed, and nothing you can do can change that. But what, what happened was she went into surgery, and the surgeon, who was an amazing surgeon in Kentucky, came out and said, Matt, I don't know what's going on, but her bicep is completely reattached, and that don't happen. And, of course, we're like, we know what, what happened, which took us down another path. She ended up in physical therapy, and she met a young lady who walked her through a discipleship for a year. And if she had had a total healing... She wouldn't have gone, and she wouldn't have met her. Well, when she met her, it opened up doors. And my wife ended up going to a, uh, a women's retreat out in Washington State with Tetelestai Ministries, Jenny Donnelly. And, and that ministry is just an amazing ministry for women. And, um, and men, for that matter. She came back from that, and we had had our problems. You know, like anybody, 30 years or 29 years together, at the time it was 25, we had gone through things, and we'd seen... And we had not always been good to each other. And there's three different times that we were just right there for divorce. And, you know, it was just anger. And, and I had pulled a lot of things from the military. And she came back from this women's event where she had gotten freed from shame and guilt and some of the things that she'd been carrying, that mother wounds. And she walked in the door. And as I'm standing here, I didn't recognize her. She walked in, and it, it brings tears to my eyes now. And I'm like, who are you? And she sat down, and we sat and talked for hours. And I said, I don't know who you are, but you, you can stay. I don't want that other woman to come back. <laughs> and it's only Jesus. I mean, it is only Jesus. So that took us into the healing rooms, and we started praying for people, and God heals people. And so we, we've grown, and we've grown, and we started a mentorship, pre, uh, a mentorship program, and now, now we're doing things with people, and we're teaching them how to get the things out of their homes that could keep, keep them oppressed. You know, the Bible is very specific when it comes to what, what, um, what we can be afflicted by. Not possessed, but afflicted. Because Holy Spirit takes care of everything if you allow it. So what ultimately happened is we, we started Roar House Ministries, and we have a healing room, and we, we have a church, and we have a mentorship program, and God keeps showing up, and we just opened a new, um, another house church, and that's what we'll call it. It's a house church because we started in our basement, and from our basement, we've grown. We ended up behind a farm because we outgrew our basement. All right. We're going to be right back with Matt because I also want to get how we get in contact with him and also what kind of prayer can we be praying for for your ministry. Be back in just a moment, Christian Cargill Radio. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Gonna save all my money. Christian Car Guy Radio. We're live from the Man Up Conference at Fort Mill at the Morningstar Ministry Campus. 
uh, just speaking to, to Matt just a moment ago, and he was talking about how God used his ministry. I got him into ministry during COVID, which was a time that really, uh, I mean, I think Satan, as I said, I've said it multiple times over the last few years, Satan really used that as a tool to divide the church and uh, to drive Christianity, you know, into a, to a dark place in a lot of places. And I've hearing people who have stepped out in faith and, and listened to God to call them into ministry at that time is pretty encouraging and some great things. And before I let Matt get out of here, talk a little bit about the ministry things you have going on. How can somebody, what, what do you need prayer for and what would be a way to get in contact with you and what do you offer? Oh, well, we offer, we offer healing prayer. And to get in contact us, we're at Roar.house. Um, we live out in Eastview, Kentucky, which is just outside of Elizabethtown, Kentucky. And we, we will pray. I mean, we're prayer warriors. We've been called to pray and we will pray and pray and pray. We, we have a prayer line that goes all the time and, and to get in contact us, you know, roar.house, R-O-A-R.house. And, um, as far as prayers for us, we have, we're converting our barn into a, a ministry center. It's a 60 by 60 horse barn where our house was built in 1891 and by J.R. Hatfield. And it has just been a blessing. And there's a whole story behind that. We don't have time for that today, but it, it's amazing how God's working. And we, um, we meet on Sundays. We pray, pray on Wednesdays. There's a lot of restoration going on now. And that's, that's where the prayer is now. We're, we've, got, we've got the faith for it. It's just um, the conversion is taking some time. Thank you for joining us this morning, and I uh, just want to be in prayer for you. And again, God bless you, and thank you for answering the call of the God. And the Holy Spirit stirs this baby. The best mm. thing we can do is step forward and go where he leads us. Well, thank, thank you, you, Jerry. It's been a pleasure. All right. Well, Wade, sit with me now. Um, as I said this morning, we'll be shuffling people in and out in things. It's going to be a little uh, awkward sometimes. But one thing when I was just sort of reading over, author of a couple books, I know at least, because I've got two of them here in front of me, also, ex-military background, and again, as I said, with Matt, thank you for your service. And thank tell me you. a little bit what's going on in your life and what you got going and, and how God's using you. Well, I've been put kind of on a back burner where God's kind of rebranding me. And this is a process we don't like to talk about in Scripture where God had Elijah sit at the widow's house while the famine went on. And if you go by the timeline, he sat there literally three years. And a lot of people would think, what a waste in God's economy that he'd have a prophet stowed away in a house for three years. Human side is, man, we need to be used. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I still am kind of in the, the military. I'm still in the inactive reserves or individual ready reserve, but I'm actually... Uh, out because of working on a doctorate. So God literally told me to go on and get a doctorate in the midst of all this COVID <laughs> stuff going on. And that's part because I have a vaccine injury and I could not get an exemption. And that was the only place I found out legally I could go. So COVID kind of forced me into a whole other phase I did not see coming. Yeah, I think that's sort of goes off of what Matt was talking about. You know, we when COVID hit, you know, the the world, but especially Christians were uh, kind of surprised me how we were caught unprepared as much as we were. Yes. And and it just I I don't know, it just it just made it just made me hurt because I've seen too many churches that 
you know, green inside the church on open up, wear a mask, don't come in, don't, you know, what to do. And there's always those segments that, that I think Satan just pitted the church against each other. Yes. And that was, it's just a, a sad state that we were in. And, and, and we're not out of it completely yet. Right. And and when I was looking over the your books, just kind of glanced over them, seems like you've really got a passion for healing this nation and the restoration of this nation. Just talk a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah, so uh, my second book, Restoration, the Heartbeat of God, uh, I lay out how nothing is outside the cross. God can redeem anything and everything, and his goal is always restoration. Now, he has to work through us as people, which a lot of us who have dealt with people as a ministry realize that that's the best and hardest part at the same time. It's like railroad tracks. You get them both at once. And I wrote that because I wanted to see people on an individual level restored, but then there's examples of where a community can come together. And for an example, uh, I use in the book, there's a little town where I'm, I was born in Wyoming and raised in the Dakotas, little tiny town called Lemon, but with two M's, uh, but could have been referred to as a lemon, where, frankly, because of how all these small towns and rural areas were dying, it was one of those towns. And then uh, an evangelist named Jason Nadare, I'll put a plug in for him, who now lives in Kentucky, he came out there and God moved. And literally within six months, the town was thriving. Like, I can't tell you, like, I, I'd say out of 2,000 people, almost all of them came back to Christ. And the Catholics, the Presbyterians, the Methodists, everybody in the town was working together. Even though there was one church that was having all these meetings, they were all blessed. And years later, You'd think, well, is that it? Well, because of the pheasant hunting, if people don't know about South Dakota, it's the state bird for South Dakota, pheasant. And people come from around the world to now go there to go pheasant hunting. And then when Leonardo DiCaprio came out with his movie, The Revenant, it opened up in Lemon, South Dakota, because the guy in that movie, that's where he lived. <laughs> And so some people would say, well, what's so significant about that? It's the God wink in the, what's well, not a coincidence, but it's a God wink in the circumstances. Absolutely. We'll be right back in just a moment. We'll wait. And again, you're listening to the Christian Car Guy Radio Show. I'm Jerry Mathis. And we're live from the Man Up Camp at Fort Mill in the Morning Star Ministry Campus. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Here come the Dutch boys. Those good guys are back. With a look in their eye. They mean business this time. Their deals are great. Now's the time to buy. See the Dodge boys now for a new kind of deal. Now here's a car partner you just can't beat. Coronet's the name, and it's a real family treat. Feature for feature, Dodge Coronet's got more. What we call standard, others charge you for. Welcome back to Christian Car Guy Radio Show. We're alive here at the Man Up Camp at Fort Mill. Um, 
One of the things about the camp that this conference, I said, man, camp is conference. I get everybody confused on that. Robbie just finished up speaking in uh, the main conference uh, room and is heading back towards Winston-Salem right now. I'm just praying for travel mercies for him as he is, it's been a busy weekend. This uh, afternoon, he will be doing the ceremony to marry his daughter. So yesterday he was here, got in the car, went back to to Winston and did the rehearsal and the rehearsal dinner, got back down here this morning and spoke and now he's back on the road heading to, to, for the wedding for his daughter. So just praying for a great afternoon and evening for him. One of the things about, uh, one of the themes is fatherhood here. And one of the things that's kind of excited me was just seeing so many dads with their kids here and, and sons, you know, I think that's one of the things also over the course of time that we have sort of lost that connection. I know growing up, you know, it's it, my dad, I do things with him, but it was always just what he wanted to do. It wasn't really what I wanted to do. As I was, uh, uh, had my daughter, and she cheered, did competitive cheering in, in uh, Carolina Spirits, and we traveled all over the country, and then she cheered at Liberty University. So for about 15 years there, I was the biggest cheerleading cheerleader there was. I mean, because I, we traveled with her, we did things with her, and that was a connection that we was also able to pour our faith into her. And, you know, this is the time of year, talking about Christian Car Guy Radio, talking about cars a little bit, where, you know, car shows, cruise-ins, man, get, get your kids, grandkids, nieces and nephews, just take them out and go to a cruise-in or a car show. Just do something with them. And during that time, just share your faith with them. I mean, that is a great opportunity. That's what I love about this conference and that I see this, this weekend and this week has been there's so many men and their children and their kids and their sons with them. That's what we need to do. We're lo- we've lost that in so many ways because we all think we're too busy. When we get back to Wade, he had a lot of things left him hanging there. I want to find what's going on in your life right now. And and as I mentioned, our Christian walk sometimes kind of breaks my heart in a way where you'll see how we'll get on fire as a nation for Jesus Christ and and, and for for our faith and stuff. Go back to 9-11. As we were talking about during the break, I mean, all of a sudden when that happened, everybody had a flag on their porch. Everybody was flooding, trying to go to the churches, and, and, and the churches were full. That's right. But then all of a sudden, what happened? I mean, those flags came down, and people turned. You didn't hear that 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 draw to, to Jesus Christ that we saw there for a matter of weeks. And part of it was the problem was us as Christians and also as the church. But that's the sort of the society we live in today. And I know that was probably at least one of your chapters in there, and I just want you to speak on that. Yes, in my first book, what I noticed and what you're picking up on a little bit is the title of my first book is The Pathological Grieving of America, Overcoming Grief on a Personal, Corporate, and National Scale. And what happened is after 9-11, we grieved as a nation, and frankly, we didn't do it very well. And I think a lot of people in the midst of grief, there's five stages uh, one of them is being denial. One, a lot of people are like, did that really even happen? And, of course, you'll hear conspiracy theories of different things. 
And that is a part of the grief process. And in that, there's also a step called bargaining. That is where a lot of us ask the what if questions. What if God would have intervened beforehand, during, after? What if God had done this? And when you've, I interviewed people that survived, uh, interviewed a person that was right there the day it happened. She gave me her pictures, which they're in the book. And what do you do if you're, and I met this gal, she was one of the four people that did not get on one of the flights. So she was one of the four survivors because she didn't make the flight. Wow. Everybody has a different perspective and they were looking for answers and in the grieving process couldn't find it. And many times we wonder where is God in the midst of that process? I think that was where a lot of America was then. And I think look at everything, fast forward 20 years with what happened with an election, what happened with COVID, and where we are right now, people again are looking for answers. And you and I know that God ultimately has the answer, but many people don't know that because we don't have everybody with a Christian worldview anymore. Because I've been a chaplain in the Air Force, I used to assume 20 years ago people would know the basic Bible stories. Today, that is not the case at all, which gets into my second book on restoration where when you were talking just as we were coming back on too, uh, hitting about fatherhood with the conference we're a part of right here, as at the end of the Old Testament, what's it discuss? The restoration of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. Maybe that's a piece of it, too, when we look at the lack of fathers or men stepping up to be the fathers they're called to be within our nation. Could that be a part of the process that needs to happen for the restoration of an entire nation? Yeah. I would argue yes. Absolutely. I mean, you sit there and we look, and, you know, the world we live in now, especially in this, this country, I th- it, it saddens me in so many ways where we've allowed the discord of culture to affect us, affect the church. I mean, you look at, you know, as you mentioned, the election. I mean, what did that do? Really, that di- divided this country and across multiple lines. We see what COVID did. It divided this country and divided the church. Multiple lines. We see what you know, all of these new movements and stuff, what what we should accept and stuff, what our kids are being taught. What is that doing? It's destroying the family and separating not just the church and not just Christians in the nation, but it's also separating families. And we've allowed allowed that to happen in in so many ways where we're not, as I said, I, I was kind of surprised how unequipped the church was when COVID hit. But it all goes back to we all need to take that on as a personal challenge to be equipped and grounded. I mean, how many times when at 9-11 did you hear, or even during COVID, well, if God was a loving God, why would he ever allow that to happen? Why, if God created this, this world, why did he create it with all this sin? and hurt and destruction and illness and sickness well god did create a perfect 
world. Where it messed up is all of a sudden, one thing he created that wasn't perfect was me and you and all of us as, as humans. And we have to we have to be prepared for that. It goes back to Genesis three, where there were two trees in the garden. Adam could have chose the tree of life, but he chose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what a lot of people don't understand today, the whole idea of secular humanism, they teach that all of us people are inherently good. Well, if any of you are like me and have more than one kid, you put two kids in the room with one rattle, you do have a war on your hands. I mean, there were two brothers on the earth at that point, and they couldn't get along in Genesis 4, and one murdered the other. And since that choice... What we're seeing clear to today is man's decided to do things on his own terms without God being involved. And it's only in the places where God has had an inroad that things got better. And what a lot of people don't teach. Women have more freedom in Christian nations than anywhere else in the world because of what Christianity teaches and what our founders here in the United States taught all are created equal, that there's equal opportunity. There's not equal outcomes, as we see even in the parable of the five talents in Matthew 25. Different people will have different outcomes, but we all have an equal opportunity to pursue what God's given us. Yeah, and when we're, when we're in one and in, in unison with our, with our Lord and Savior, we look at that different than the world does. We understand, you know what, what I've been gifted with may not be what someone else has been gifted with, but if I use it the way God would have me do it, the blessing's the same. Again, we'll be right back in just a moment, Christian Car Guy Radio. I'm Jerry Mathis, and uh, again, great morning and a great conference, and God has got a lot of things in store. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Gonna save all my Welcome back to Christian Car Guy Radio. I'm Jerry Mathis, and we're live at the Man Up Conference. And I have Wade with me. And before we get up, this segment will go quick, so I want to make sure I get this in. Somebody wants to get your book. Tell us a little bit about that, how we can do that, and also what what you said you're sort of in a in a pause of the, the ministry and stuff. It's sort of what, what's God leading you? Where what, what path are you going down, or is He lighting up for you? First, with the books, uh, both are available on Amazon. The first one I only did publish through Amazon because, long story short, people wanted to own the stuff that I came up with, and I just felt like I wanted to hold on to it. And then the second one is available in any bookstore, so Restoration, the Heartbeat of God is available through Westbow Press, available in all the bookstores as well as on Amazon. And so quick, easy and paperback or electronic version. So 
and hardcover for the restoration book if somebody so wanted to do that. Yeah, and and, and the theme through those is just just restoring this nation and, and seeing yes. what God is what God has in store for us. Yes. And then where I am going, uh, still ordained. I'm actually ordained through the Foursquare Church. I am still certified as a chaplain, served in the medical community for seven years, and been in the military. Still am, just in an inactive role right now. And where I feel where God's leading me is into teaching. I want to impart what I've received and I'm hopefully going to graduate, God willing, with my doctorate in strategic leadership in May of 2025. I'm going to Africa to help establish a teaching center in September in Democratic Republic of Congo. And I've been invited to go to Mongolia and Ghana. So I think God's taking me not just with a heart and passion for the United States, but out and abroad as God opens up doors. Yeah, and, and I, I certainly have a passion for 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 ministry as far as other countries and stuff. Missions, uh, love going there, and, and I think it's so important that we as Christians realize that you know we got a, a world full of brothers and sisters out there that also need prayer and need support and stuff. And it's pretty cool to hear that you're answering that call. And yeah. as um, I know you said you. Two kids? Three. Three. Oh, about missed out. Yeah, so I have three teenagers, which means, yes, I'm a praying man of God. <laughs> Our oldest is Emily at 17, then Tiffany, who's almost 16, and then Noah is 13 and here attending the Man Up Conference with me yep, as part of his manhood rite of passage. Yep, when you came by earlier, he was with you, and that's what I, I, I wanted to get back to that. What is he getting out of that? What is it doing for you in that relationship with your son this has been honestly speaking of restoration a very good healing process where we've been able to sit down and talk and I was working ahead in my classes because I am enrolled in summer school right now in two courses so I was working ahead so I could spend time with him in this process and going back to the military there's a cost Uh, the first five years of his life I was gone a third of it because of deployments or other assignments. And now I'm back home. And if it's anything about me just being a stay-at-home dad, so to speak, working on school full-time, I've been able to be present with him. And as he's entering into this new phase of manhood, he's grown about four inches in the last five months where he has a lot of questions and he is off the charts brilliant and literally I, I had somebody who kind of guessed at his IQ I'm like he must have gotten that from his mother because <laughs> uh, which my wife is quite brilliant but he has a lot of questions and we homeschool our kids so I've been the one in charge of doing the math and science and history because that's more my forte even though I do a lot of writing with school but my wife is more the English reading comprehension person and through that whole process, I've been able to pour into him. And when he asks questions, to go on with that. And if it's anything I've learned, it's wherever we are, be there. Absolutely. And to really be constructively present where, and something we even practice as a family, which speaking of old America, which isn't that old to me, 
but our rule in our house is if you're at our dinner table, there is no cell phones at the dinner table. You must engage with the people you're dining with. And our rules, too, are our kids can ask us anything they want, and we do mean anything. It is shocking sometimes of what comes out at the dinner table of what kids have heard in school or experienced, but that has opened up the door where our kids are engaging and they're not learning what to think, they're learning how to think. And my wife and I really want them to have that critical thinking piece as well as being able to discern spiritually what is really going on. Yeah, and if you... You know, if we don't have that relationship, you know, so many times with, as a parent, you want your child to come to you, but only when it's in a crisis. And why didn't they come to me? Because you was never there for them to come to. You went the, I fell off the bike and skipped my knee. Or, or, you know, how about coming to donuts with dad at school? You know, a lot of us have, you know, I work a lot. And so there's times I miss, but I tried to make sure I made it up along the way. And I think that's just important, and that's why it's important to have where you can go to a conference like this and bring your son. Yes. And as I said earlier, you know, I, I'm not, I wasn't a, a cheer dad for sure, but my daughter, when that's what that's her passion, and that's what she loved. And to this day, she's 32 years old and still coaches cheerleading. <laughs> I mean, it's just. But there for a while, I was the biggest cheer cheerleader there was, and that's because yes. that was what was important to her. Mm-hmm. And we would travel, and you're in the car, and you're able to, you know, me and Myra were able to talk to her about life. And that is really missing in families today. And, and I just wish that, that people would, sometimes you have to force yourself, and, and force is probably not the right word, but we have to really engage and do it. You know, just just know that we need to do it instead of just laying back and just saying, well, if they need something, they'll come to me. I would say the word for us today, especially as men with the Man Up Conference, intentionality. Absolutely. We must be intentional in building relationship, not just with our wife, but our kids, and being intentional with, frankly, having those connections we need. As we've heard one of the talks about having the four guys you need in your corner. where it's the banana that gets picked off that gets peeled and eaten because it gets isolated. It's the ones that stay in the bunch together that seem to be left alone. Now, not that all men are bananas or go bananas, but there is something about being in community. I take that personally because I am. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, it it is. It's it's just, I just encourage men to... To engage with their their sons, their daughters, and stuff. If it means you know, can't come to a conference, but go somewhere, go to a car show, a cruise in, go. Make sure you have, you know, with my daughter, I tried to over the course of time we'd do a date night, go somewhere that she wanted to go. Yes. We go, we ate a lot of ice cream, you know, yes. and stuff like that. But hey, just do it. And again, Wade, good having you this morning, and it's been a it's been great to get to know you. Thank you and for the seeing what God is doing and, and will continue to do. And, and I'm sure he's going to bless your ministry and bless the, the trips you have in store. And again, you've been listening to Christian Gar- Car Guy Radio. I'm Jerry Mathis, and we'll see you back next week. Thanks again. Thank you.
This is the Truth Network.